Welcome to Women's Thrive Podcast. This is where you'll get to hear incredible stories of female entrepreneurs, business owners, women from all groups of life. Myself, Raymond Jan, and my co-host Abigail will be interviewing incredible women, hearing inspiring stories of women from all around the world. I have no doubt that you will find something that will be life-changing for you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and join us for our future episodes. So hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Women Thrive podcast. My name is Abigail Rebecca. I am your host today. I am absolutely just delighted to introduce you to an incredible woman and also one of our speakers on the Women Thrive Summit. Her name is Hannah Roper. She's a coach. She's a mentor. She's founder and director of the Female Creative Country on the Coast and the host of Express Country on Express FM Radio. Welcome, Hannah. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, can't wait to chat. I'm really interested, not only because of your wonderful personality and aura and just the way that you get through life and are able to really multitask and manage all these incredible things but also because of like I'm like right let's talk I just want to talk about country (laughs) (laughs) straight away but maybe we'll get to that I am a bit of a country music fan myself having lived in the states for a few years but please could you share with us a little bit more about you and what you do oh gosh Buckle in, everybody, because there's a, yeah, it's a bit of a ride coming. So, yeah, I came into Women Thrive under really the umbrella of the Female Creative, which was a business that I set up in lockdown, one of the lockdown businesses. But as you say, I do so many different things. Sometimes I forget some of the things that I do, but I do so many different things. And to give everyone a little bit of context, really, as to how I've got to that point, I just want to take I guess take myself on my journey back a little bit because what people see today is really a completely different version of myself than who I was 10 years ago that's not to say that my journey is at its destination because it most certainly isn't I'm still very much a work in progress but I my career history has been so varied and I guess that gives an indication as to what the rest of my life was going to be like I originally trained as a teacher I was a secondary school music teacher. Then I converted primary school teacher, did my postgraduate certificate in education as a primary school teacher. I then realized that that didn't suit me. And I joined the police force, which was a little bit of a, people think a bit of a curveball, but for me, it was a natural progression. I'd been around teachers and I'd been around police officers my entire life. My grandfather was a police officer. My uncle was. I used to spend my childhood going and investigating things in their garden and finding clues for various bits and pieces. So I stayed within the police for 13 years in total. And that is where I embarked on my first serious relationship who was the father of my son. And I was very, very young, very naive. I went into a relationship that turned out to be quite an unhealthy relationship. And over the course of about eight years, my self-belief, my self-worth, everything was very, very slowly and subtly stripped away. 
And it was one of the things that I kept very, very hidden because I very much hit a lot of misconceptions. I was a police officer. So how could I put myself in a position where actually I was in a relationship that was destroying my soul for want of a better phrase? And that was really, really difficult for me. I had a child when he was four years old, I made the decision to leave that relationship. And it was something that I planned in my head for so long and for so many years since my son was born, but never had the right time or had enough confidence in myself to then make that that change and make that move. It's something that I've done a lot of work around domestic abuse, especially coercive controlling behavior when the new legislation was brought in as part of the police well, as part of the law, and I was teaching it to police officers at the time whilst living it as well. So it was a really difficult time for me. I just didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted out of life. I had this four-year-old child who was my world, who needed me and who needed me to be a parent. And I was struggling so much, even with some of those just the basic things. I was existing. I would describe life at that time as that I was existing. And very gradually over time, through the help of of therapy and support, and I was so incredibly lucky that I had a really solid family unit and access to support because so many women don't, but that allowed me to rediscover myself. I went back into performing. So before I'd met my my first husband, um, I'm on husband number two now, I've always said that I would stop at three, but to be fair, husband number two is doing all right at the moment. But before that, I was very much a performer. I've done amateur dramatics since I was five years old, singing, dancing, drama. I was a confident child and a confident kind of young adult when it came to performing. And all of that got taken away from me when I was in this relationship. So I went back to performing and I was really comfortable being characters. I could hide behind this character, feel really confident, but actually behind the scenes, I was still really, really struggling with my own self-worth and an opportunity presented itself in quite a sad situation in that my grandfather passed away and my mum asked me to sing a version of Over the Rainbow at his funeral. Now, I knew that I would not be able to sing live, so I went into a recording studio and I recorded a version of Over the Rainbow and it was the Faith Hill version. So it was a countryfied version of Over the Rainbow. And I'd loved country music. When I was 18, my cousin took us to a concert in Austin because we were staying in Texas at the time and we saw the chicks and I absolutely adore them and loved country music. But this was my first proper time of singing in a country style and it really, really suited me. So I then went on a journey, another journey, where I started to record and write my own country music and it was almost that next stage of my therapy. I was able to put my words onto paper, put them to a melody, sing them and have people relate to it. But interestingly, I was still performing under a character. Because of being in the police at this time, I had to make sure that I had a, almost like a separate persona, so it couldn't then be associated with the police force. So I performed and wrote my music under the name Lily Garland. And it's not completely random because Lillian and Garland are both some of my middle names. So I put them together because it sounded quite country. And 
I was doing that and I learned so much. I learned so much about marketing myself. I learned so much about social media, website. I've never designed a website in my life, but when I put my mind to something, I go ahead and I do it. And I learned how to design a website. I paid for CDs to be made. I helped got photo shoots and I was learning so much about this kind of digital marketing world that I'd never been a part of in the police or as a teacher and I absolutely loved it and because I am a go big or go home kind of gal it got to a point where I was struggling to travel to some of the country music gigs that I was going to so the country music tends to be very much north of London and I was traveling to Liverpool I remember one particular day where I drove up to Liverpool had my makeup done first thing in the morning I drove up to Liverpool to go and perform at a gig and then I had to be back in Portsmouth at night I think it's about nine o'clock the following morning because I said that I would sing when somebody was doing a proposal for their now wife and then I was also doing a princess party in the afternoon so I used to dress up as a Disney princess so it was mad and it was one of those moments and I do have these in my life where it's like I think I've taken on too much at this point so that's where country on the coast came from so I realized that I was always traveling to various different places to perform and I wanted people to come to me. So I spoke to a local venue and I created the concept for Country on the Coast, which is a, a music festival over a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because again, why do one day when you can do three? And I started thinking about it in the October of 2018 and the April of 2019 was our first festival. So it all happened really, really quickly. And again, I learned so many business skills around managing events, again, around website, around ticketing, the organization on the day, event management. My learning was just so great and I loved it because I am a learner. So I lap anything like that up. And I was really enjoying where I was. I was in a new relationship. I had really started to move on from what had happened to me previously. I had my singing. I had the country music festival. At that point, I had left the police and I had then joined National Air Traffic Services as a learning specialist and was loving it, really enjoying being around that new environment. And then, of course, the pandemic struck and everything stopped. And as you can probably tell by now, I'm not one for sitting still. The fact that I've sat still already for this long is a miracle. But I was suddenly found myself with all of this time and I was homeschooling my son and my stepdaughter at that time, which was tricky even for an ex-primary school teacher. It was still really, really tricky. But I suddenly found myself with this time and I just didn't know what to do with it. So I joined an online community of women locally to me. And we did things like journaling online. We did some calligraphy where we had somebody instruct us online and we did it. We we had various networking and kind of virtual coffee mornings and things like that. And what I realized is that I was surrounded by women who A, were really, really creative, but B, wanted to turn their creative hobby into something with monetary value. And as so many women did during COVID, it did give us a little bit of time away from the craziness of life to actually explore some of our creative hobbies and talents and look at where we want to take those in the future. But women were coming to me 
in these groups because they knew about Country on the Coast, they knew about Lily Garland, they'd seen my online presence and they were asking about branding, logo design, website, managing social media. And I realized that I developed these skills without even really realizing that could help these women turn their hobby into a business. And what I loved about this community is it wasn't about striving for millions. It was they wanted to do something that they loved to bring in enough of an income to support the family during that really, really difficult time. And obviously there'd been a real burst in online businesses. Everybody was online a lot more. People were shopping because we weren't spending money on going out and holidays and all of that sort of thing. And I loved it. I loved giving them help and support and advice. And I realized that my 20 odd years in a teaching capacity, because I had it in primary school before that, and to the secondary school, I taught over in America for a couple of seasons as well in New York. I'd also been teaching in the police, creating learning and creating training. And all of that had developed a coaching skill set within me, which I was then using with these other women. So I thought, I've got nothing to lose here. I've got loads of time. I'm going to set up a business, another one. And I thought, again, go big or go home. I created a limited company because I know what I'm like. So with a limited company, it gave me no space for failure. I had to succeed. So I set up a limited company. I designed my own logo. I created my own website. And the rest, they say, is is history. But it's just evolved since March 2020 into this wonderful community of women who don't necessarily relate to the term entrepreneur, but they are what I would call solopreneurs. They are independent businesses who their success is about fitting a business into the lifestyle that they already have, whether that be alongside a corporate career, alongside family responsibilities or caring responsibilities. And for me, I had the opportunity then to go back to work once the world reopened. And I do still work in the corporate world. I do then coach and mentor on with the female creative and I do run networking events for the female creative and country on the coast is still going every April as well. And very recently I was given the opportunity to host the country music show on express FM, which was a dream of mine to be a, I call them radio DJs, but in all honesty, I don't DJ anything. Um, but yeah, being a radio host is, is was one of my real aspirations in life. And I've been really, really lucky to be able to give them that opportunity, which I then grabbed with both hands. So I think that's a little bit of a career history about me. Wow, Hannah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I'm here listening to you and writing things down and I'm like, okay, let's just dissect all of this. And catch up. (laughs) It's just, well, first of all, thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being so vulnerable as well at the beginning about your relationship and obviously took a lot for you to leave that. And then so inspirational to hear about, you know, the path that you forged and coming from this place where 
it felt like you were so disempowered and it's like the creativity had been sucked out of you. And then to come back full circle and not only step into that creativity again, but also be able to teach others how to do that. It must feel very rewarding for you to do that. Very rewarding. And I think that's why when I went back, when the world reopened and the corporate world reopened, I came back off a of furlough and, and was reintroducing myself into kind of that world of work. It wasn't something that I was willing to let go of. I think it gave me such fulfillment. And for me, that is something that is, is really powerful. So often I see people setting their goals that are centered around financial monetary value, which don't get me wrong, those goals are really, really important when you're running a business. But for me, it's also about the creativity. My success is determined by my level of creativity and my success is determined by the impact that I have on other people. And I was sitting in that space with the female creative that it wasn't something that I was willing to then let go of. Mm. You mentioned when you were sharing your story with us, that one of the things it felt like that really helped you through those difficult times in your previous relationship and that transform that transition time was the community, that you had a supportive community around you. Please can you share with us like the importance of community for you and then how you then have created that with your community and the work that you do? For me, having a community around me was not something that I'd experienced really ever in my life. I would say I was always part of groups, but tended to be on the periphery. When I was part of that online community for the first time, I felt seen. I felt people wanted to hear my story. They wanted to know what's and all about me and by sharing my story, which is something that it's taken me a long time to be comfortable. And I haven't gone into huge amounts of detail in, in this particular incident, in, in, instant, get me words out, you know what I mean? But I have done a podcast before where I did talk in more detail about what I had experienced. And it took a long time for me to get to that point. And I think being part of the community during the pandemic being around women who wanted to know about me, who didn't judge me for what I was talking about and actually related to some of my pain, some of my trouble, some of my trauma. That was so powerful because I suddenly then realized that this is what friendship is. This is what support is. And it wasn't anything that I'd ever experienced before in the groups that I'd been part of. It gave me confidence to communicate more my needs. It gave me confidence to understand myself better because I felt that I had a duty to, if these women were giving me the space, I needed to also then continue the work and understand myself so I could support them in the way that they needed as well. And it was from that that I then created the female creative community, which has taken a few different forms over the years. There's been a monthly membership. There's a free membership. Um, I do in-person networking events in Portsmouth. And again, for me, it was about creating that safe space for women to come in, to share as much as they want to share, be as vulnerable as they want to be, 
But if they want to come in, leave whatever's going on at home at the door and just come in and exist and be knowing that they can do that, that there isn't the pressure on them. And that is what's been just, I think, so magical. And again, another reason why it's not something that I've wanted to give up, even though it's hard and it's a juggle. And sometimes I have to prioritize other areas of my life over the female creative that power of community, that power of support and understanding. And the biggest joy that I have is when I see women attend the brunch and they don't know each other. And the next thing I see that they're collaborating on social media or they've joined up to do a joint venture or even I see that they're just meeting for breakfast the following week. And that to me is I've done my job because I've created that safe space for relationships to ignite and nurture and then the world is is their oyster so for me community is is so important just for survival I think as a woman yeah absolutely I mean I can really relate to everything that you're saying and speaking on behalf of women thrive (laughs) where it's all about community I really, really love that when you bring women together Mm. into safe spaces and give them the opportunity to collaborate and to share and to build relationships and to see these individuals sort of coming in and then going out and creating opportunities with one another. I think for me personally as well, it's like one of my favorite things of being a coach and a mentor, like bringing my clients together. It's so special, isn't it? It really is. And that's what, when I talk to my clients and it's, they're not just getting a coach. They're not just getting a mentor. They're not just getting a teacher. They are getting someone who sees them and who knows who to connect them to and who to bring together to then find that friendship, collaboration, relationship. And so many of my clients become customers of each other they'll buy, I've got so many incredible clients that make wonderful, wonderful creative products. And again, it's just so lovely when you see them all sharing each other's social media posts and making purchases and not because they feel they have to, but because they genuinely love what that other person does. Absolutely. You were talking there about vulnerability. Let's talk about vulnerability. We were actually having a conversation before we actually started. Uh, we were laughing and saying, actually, we should. <laughs> we've done a podcast before the podcast, right? Yes. Talking about vulnerability and how important it is to when we're in a community to really openly share. And one of the things that you were talking about with your values and apologies if I don't have the word right, but you were alluding to one of your top values was about openness and transparency and authenticity. And I feel that that completely shines when you share your story and you talk about what you do. But there's this extra element, isn't there, of, I don't know, opportunities and relationship building when you're in a community, when you can really sort of leave your ego at the door and come in and share from an authentic place and open yourself up in that way Mm -hmm. and ask for help maybe and ask for support and invite that in. How important is that for you personally in your life, your business, but also within your community? So for me personally, it is 
say authenticity is something that is really, really important to me because I have seen various people throughout my life who have presented in one way and then behaved in another. And it is, it's hurtful. And I never, ever wanted to make anybody feel that I was being inauthentic. But authenticity is a real struggle, I think, because there is a fine line between authenticity and oversharing and also inauthenticity and protecting your own boundaries. And for me, I have experienced trauma in my life and I choose when and where to share that. And it is not something that I actively talk about in my social media. That doesn't mean that I'm being inauthentic. It just means that I'm protecting that boundary. But what I do try and do is live my my values. It can be really difficult to be vulnerable. I think A, as a woman, it can be difficult to be vulnerable because we are taught that vulnerability is a weakness. And when, you know, you grew up, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s and you had to be like the boys and you had to be strong and you didn't cry and you shouldn't talk back and you shouldn't, and all, I, I mean, I did all those things and I was also a very challenging person growing up because I, I struggle with what I would deem unfair authority. This is coming from an ex-police officer. This is why I didn't survive. So I think it's it can be really, really difficult to be vulnerable because of the way that I was brought up. It is still something I'm learning every day. Women Thrive is helping me with that. I think it is really important to be vulnerable because as soon as you are and you share something, the love that comes back a hundred times over just it's motivating. It's inspirational. It's powerful. It drives you forward. So for me, I try and create a community where people can be vulnerable when they choose to be vulnerable. So there isn't a pressure that you have to come in and share your deepest, darkest secrets. And it's really intangible sometimes because it's a feeling, but it's that feeling of, I feel safe. So I now feel safe enough to share something that maybe I've been hiding. It's there, ready to come out because I want to relate to somebody. And that's what I find with the women that come to the networking brunches that join my membership group is they join because they want to find that connection and that connection comes through vulnerability, but you can only be vulnerable if you feel safe and that isn't going to be used against you or thrown back in your face, which unfortunately sometimes I've been part of groups where that vulnerability is almost taken advantage of and used against. So it is so important, I think, to be vulnerable but it's also okay to find vulnerability difficult because I know I do. Yeah. Such a great take on that. <laughs> you know, looking at also like the difficulties that can bring. And I think especially, like you said, the time that you were brought up, what kind of era you were brought up. And I also think that also a lot of women that come from a corporate background as well really struggle with that because it's like, you're not encouraged to be vulnerable I agree. Um, and I, I, women need these 
safe spaces. We need safe spaces to be able to share and grow and, and be vulnerable and ask for help. And I just love everything that you're talking about, the female creative. It just sounds wonderful. You are going to be speaking on our summit yes in March so obviously we're recording this before the summit but somebody might be listening to this in the future so hello from the future (laughs) what are you most looking forward to about your talk I'm really looking forward to just being able to connect with people in a whole different space and on a whole new level one of the conversations that I've had with Raymonda and spoken about in kind of our group calls is I am very, very comfortable in the educational space. I've been educating people since I was 18 years old. I truly believe I could teach an Eskimo how to shovel snow because it's just within me. So I will happily sit in an educational space and what the Thrive Summit is enabling me to do is step into a more storytelling space not hide behind facts top tips five reasons to and all of that sort of thing I'm really looking forward to again showing that authenticity it's it's coming back to that word again of stepping into a space being a leader and showing women who may not have had the opportunities that I've had or the experiences that I've had yet, because they're absolutely coming for them, to show them that, I guess this sounds super cheesy now, anything is possible. Like if I can stand on a stage like Women's Thrive Summit, having been through what I've been through, still struggling at times with my confidence, with my anxiety, in the spirit of true authenticity, I've just been diagnosed with combined type ADHD, which has made my entire life make sense. (laughs) Suddenly everything makes sense. And if I can, as a well, what am I now? 41, I think, nearly 42. My son keeps trying to convince me that I'm older than that. And he does succeed at times because I get very confused with numbers. But that's a long journey. And my journey hasn't finished and I'm still growing. And if I can stand in a space that shows other women that it's okay to keep growing, it's okay to keep discovering new things about yourself. It's okay to follow your passions. It's okay to define your own version of success because that's something that I've seen so much in my clients. I have a phrase with the the shoulda, woulda, couldas which I have to say, every time I write it down, the computer dictionary really can't stand and puts red lines underneath it. But as women, as business women, as women in the UK, as mothers, we live so much in the shoulda, woulda, coulda space and comparing ourselves to other people that if I can stand in a space that shows you can define your own version of success, that you can follow your path. If you want to work in the corporate world and have a business, go for it because there is a way to juggle it. If you want to become a radio DJ in your forties, do it because there is a way to make that work. And one of my favorite quotes I think it's Oprah Winfrey and she said you can have it all 
just not at the same time. And that is truly the mantra that I live by. So I'm so looking forward to being able to share what I've learned, share my story and inspire, even if it's just one person to go, huh, I'm going to go and do this now. And that, that to me is my version of success. And it's so inspirational. I love that you're owning all of that. You're owning all of that so authentically. And congratulations on your diagnosis. Thank you. The superpowers, just amazing. And we're so, so excited to have you as one of our speakers. We're going to be having a great event. (laughs) Really looking forward to that. Okay, one last thing before we go. A very important question. I'm dying to know, what Disney princess were you when you used to dress up? So there were a few, but my favourite was Elsa because I was one of the only princesses in the company willing to sing Let It Go because it's a bit of a sing. So, yes, I, I loved being Elsa. I've been Ariel, which was also lovely. And as you can see, I now model my look on Ariel a little bit but uh, who else have I been Cinderella Snow White but I was never Belle even though I really wanted to be because I didn't have brunette hair and we only had a half wig so the only people that could be Belle had naturally brunette hair but Elsa was my she is still my favorite Disney princess oh me too me too I love her I love her so much. Wow, what a song. Yes. Okay, I need to go and Google you now and see your singing. Everyone's going to be like... Uh, my <laughs> music, Lily Garland. Yeah, my Lily Garland music. There is still an EP that's up on Spotify and Amazon. A little plug there, Spotify, Amazon, and all of that sort of stuff. I don't have time to perform myself, but I did recently back earlier on in the year, I did have a a bucket list moment where I opened uh, an award ceremony for the Inspirational Women of Portsmouth Awards, which is a community interest company that I support and help out at for their Inspirational Women of Portsmouth event. And I was asked to open the show and I chose This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. And I was in a blue dress with bare feet, because if you sing a song like This Is Me, you have to be in bare feet. And I had a gospel choir and a drumming group supporting me. And it is absolutely one of my bucket list moments. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I like, I would, if I could sing, (laughs) this is the problem, right? Because I'm like, I would love to do that. I just can't sing. Well, I, I, I'm not a good yeah, everyone can sing I know I was everyone's say... in tune that's exactly. all <laughs> I think I'm in tune I just it's just not a nice sound um <laughs> as long as you're loving life then that's all exactly. that matters <laughs> it sounds good in the shower Hannah yes that's all I'm saying <laughs> Hannah your country on the coast is that the festival is that in Portsmouth as well it is yes so that happens every April in Portsmouth we basically bring country music artists actually from around the world now. April just gone, we had a 
I don't know what the collective for Texans is as such. I feel like a, a gaggle of Texans, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But we had a group of incredible Texan country music artists come over to perform specifically at the festival. We had people from Sweden come to perform uh, as well. And yeah, the applications that we've already got for this year Australia, America, Europe, as well as the UK, because it's really, really important that I give the support to the UK scene as well. But yes, every April down in Portsmouth, but it's all over socials, country on the coast, UK. Wonderful. And how do people find the female creative? How do they find out more about you and that work? So predominantly it's either via my website or Instagram. Uh, Instagram is the underscore female creative and my website is thefemalecreative.co.uk. I'd like to say that I manage all the other social media channels as well, but Instagram is the place where I post my content. I've tried threads, I've tried TikTok, Facebook, meh, I tend just to look at cute videos of dogs and stuff on there but yeah instagram the underscore female creative amazing yes we love instagram great we're going to put all the links down below as well so if you're listening or you're watching all the links will be there hannah thank you so much thank you for coming on and sharing so vulnerably and as your amazing authentic leadership self thank you for sharing your wisdom and your story and yeah as i said before we're really excited to have you on as a speaker on the women thrive summit thank you thank you so much for having me and for providing me with a safe space so i can share you're welcome And thank you everyone for listening and watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to go and check out Hannah and all the wonderful things that she does in this world. And uh, if you are in the South of England, then maybe you want to join her community or go and check out the music festival. I'm certainly going to do that for sure. Thank you for watching and we will see you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Women Thrive Podcast. If you found today's episode empowering and inspiring, be sure to subscribe and follow us. Better yet, leave a review and share it with others. We're committed to bringing you more stories that will empower and inspire you on your own journey. Until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep pursuing your dreams.